Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Josh here. Uh, I got something super cool for you guys this week. I've been able to have uh, half of an amazing conversation with uh, Myron Golden, who I was looking forward to interviewing today. And then we had a little bit of a connection problem, and we're trying to finish up the second half. Uh, so for today's podcast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a teaching I gave on how to automate a business and what it means, like the how, you know, because people get confused on it. And this is actually, it's, pr- it's not that long, but it's really to the point. And this was done, uh, my buddy Sid Graff, who's super respected, and a lot of people follow him in the window cleaning uh, area. He asked me to teach this last year on like a webinar thing with a bunch of other teachers. And my session was on how to automate, like what are the nuts and bolts of how do you do it? And, and I literally take you through the whole process that I take people through Uh, when they pay me. So you can have that for free. I hope you enjoy it. I can't wait to introduce you to Myron. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Have a great day. Take care. God bless. That's what I knew. I was like, Josh knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. And and, uh, so anyway, he's, he's already built and sold a significant business. And he started the growth fault so he could help other window cleaners, power washers, service people grow and automate their business. He's got a boot camp that's incredibly valuable. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But automating a business is like one of the key, key factors to growing the business. And so, Josh, thank you so much for being on. I'm going to turn it over completely to you. Will you say something so we know we got audio with you? Check, check, check. Can you hear me? Yes, you're golden. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, thanks everybody for hanging in there who's watching this live. Super appreciate it. I have some good little nuggets here, so I'm going to dive right into it so we can get to the good stuff. So <clears throat> here's a, here's a question. How do you automate your business? It's a relatively broad question. Let's go through my slideshow that I presented. I know there's an audio delay when I switch, so I'll sit silently for about five seconds. Hold on. Let's keep rolling here. All right, so I'm going to go full screen, make this all fancy pants. So how do you automate your your uh, business? There's a picture of me. So I founded a cleaning business in Michigan, totally automated it. Um, the last two years I had it, I worked about four or five hours a week on that business. Uh, that's how I you know, put together a book and, and some other things, started a software company, gave me a lot of flexibility. I also have four kids now, so having an automated business that serves you well um, is massively epic. It's awesome. It's amazing. If your business isn't automated and it always requires you, what happens if you get hurt, right? What happens if you have two or three really key clients and you lose those clients and it's really small? The way to hedge against that risk is to build out a team to have thousands and thousands of clients and to produce a machine. That's right. Your business should be a machine that can run without you uh, touching it all the time. So I sold that business, moved to Costa Rica. Uh, I'm actually back in Michigan now. I was in Costa Rica for about 14 months. We really missed family. We've, we found a dream house and we bought it. So I'm back here. 
uh, did just under 200K the month that we sold it. So where do you start when you want to uh, automate your business? That's the question. Where do you start? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to make a list of every single thing you do literally. <clears throat> literally everything. Okay? I'm talking every, you know, if you answer the phone, that's a thing. If you buy brownies or, or muffins to go in the little coffee area where your crew comes in, like if you're the guy buying that, that's a thing. I need that on the list. If you buy all the supplies and the equipment, if you call the angry customers back, if you're the guy that takes a screen that was bent and broken to the repair place to get it repaired and you're the guy that delivers it back, that's a thing. And even things that happen once a year or twice a year, if you get your taxes done and you do it yourself, that's a thing. Um, you want to spend significant time on this. It's relatively boring, but it's super, super, super important. We need to understand what it is that you do. What are you investing your time in and on? Okay, because every year we all have the same amount of time, right? Elon Musk is a world-changing, you know, tycoon-changing industries, and he has the same amount of time as the guy who can't get his crap together and lives in his mom ba mom's basement, and he's 38 years old, right? What's the disconnect? Well, it has to do with how you invest your time. So step one is let's figure out where you've been investing your time. I work with hundreds and hundreds of companies. And over this last year, because of my podcast and some of the things I'm doing, not just with the boot camp, but the growth fault and everything, uh, I noticed some uh, concerning trends. And sometimes people have a relatively small company, but they invest a huge portion of their time on all the wrong things. Okay? Uh, the next thing you want to do is list your current biggest pain point. What is that one nagging thing? That if you're honest with yourself, you know you need to just make it go away. You need to deal with it. We need to check that off the list. You've been putting it off. You've been putting it off. It's What, what is that one thing? There's probably something that, that comes to mind right when I say that. There's something you've been neglecting. Maybe you're overwhelmed by it. Maybe you don't know where to start. Let's focus on getting that on, on our list as well and then making that go away, right? And don't forget the little tiny things like I mentioned. On this list of all the stuff you do, if you buy toilet paper for your for the office at your office, that's a thing, right? If you pay the, the personal property tax to your local municipality and it's you that does it and you get the check, but if you do the bank deposits, that's a thing. All those things. There should be tons of stuff, right? And before we get into how to automate, I want to talk to you about the what, from my perspective, I made this up on my own, from my own, you know, perspective, the five stages of small service business growth, right? So when you start out, and when I started out, I was the guy primarily on the ladder. I did the work. I was a technician. Now, keep in mind, with all of these stages, except for the last one, you're going to have to do lots of stuff, you're going to wear lots of hats. You're going to, to be doing this, and then you're going to do that, and then you're going to do a little this and a little that. But if you're primarily the guy or the gal in the field performing the, the end deliverable, the service, the cleaning, the mowing, the whatever, uh, then you're in stage one. If you're primarily, if most of your time, meaning more than 50% of your working uh, hours is spent doing stuff in the office, whether it's doing payroll or answering the phone or scheduling appointments or calling back customers for bids or whatever, if that's a big lion's share chunk of your time, uh, then you'll be in stage two. If you're primarily the sales guy, and this means this, this means that you have techs in the field, you have a person in the mothership, I call the office the mothership because having a tight office system is critical in every single area and aspect of your business. That's where all the info and the data passes through is that mothership. So once you have someone kind of in that role, 
even though you're still helping them, even though you still hop in the field because you got to put out a fire or you have a really important job, if you're spending most of your time selling, networking, building relationships, doing huge bids, going deep, right, then you're in stage three. And then stage four is, is when you're primarily the general manager. So you're going to have, you know, some sort of a, a service manager, like a guy in charge of kind of all the techs. You're going to have, you know, your office manager. Maybe there's more than one person in the office. Or there, we had a person called the operations liaison because I couldn't think of a different job title. And they just did stuff. You know, they went to Sam's Club. They did all kinds of weird miscellaneous office things. Uh, and then you have a sales manager who's replicating what you already did to be successful when you were at stage three. If that's in place and you're overseeing, you're leading those people, then you're at stage four. Stage five is when you're the business owner. Brian Hegarty, who presented first and did outstanding, by the way, Brian, super sharp, love, love listening to you. Uh, he did a podcast with me and he talked about his goal for his company is he looks at his company like a football team, right? And, and a lot of little businesses are their quarterback. They want the ball. They don't want to delegate. They don't want to hire. Nobody can do it as good as me. That's one guy. He wants to be the quarterback. Well, maybe you can be the coach, right? And you could be the coach. And I always say be the coach, not, not the quarterback. But Brian takes it a step further, which is really brilliant. I'm going to have to steal this, Brian. He doesn't even want to be the coach. And really, a true step five means that you are the guy in the press box, the glass box. You're the owner of the team. The coach works for you. That would be the general manager, right? And all the, the players work for you. So I think that's important. Uh, now what we want to do is we want to take all those things that we wrote down on a list. Am I going too fast, by the way? I'm really rolling here. We want to take all the things that are on the list, and we want to itemize them based on how many dollars per hour they're worth, how many dollars per hour they're worth, okay? If you're scrubbing your own toilet in the office, um, that's a low dollar per hour task, okay? Now listen, I'm not above scrubbing a toilet. I'm not above cleaning a gutter at all. Not at all. I have no problem doing any of those things. But when you're trying to grow your business, it's a mismanagement. It's irresponsible of you as the CEO, the leader, to invest your precious hours doing things that are too low level. And in the beginning, it's, it's normal that it's going to be not perfect, okay? But, but for example, if you have uh, someone that can answer the phone for you for $15 an hour, like I have on this slide, then... You know, we need to identify that. If, if someone washes your towels or does, you know, cleans out the trucks at the end of the day, you could hire that out for 9 or $10 an hour. Let's put the dollar per mile on that list of all the stuff that you do, all the stuff. And then we're going to put the lowest dollar per mile stuff at the top of the list down to the most expensive so we can just get organized with our list. Is this making sense, guys? Here, I'm going to back out for one quick second and make sure... Okay, we good, we good. All right, I got some good good feedback here. I'm going to keep rolling. Okay, after we have the list, we are going to... Oh, I want to remind you, it's normal for it to be messy. Uh, it's normal for you to feel overwhelmed when you first start doing this. Push through it anyway. Push through it anyway. If you need some inspiration, go in the Growth Vault. It's a free Facebook group. You know, you know, get some inspiration from your friends. Um, and it's also, here's a key point, it's normal that it would require more time from you in the beginning. For example, I'm in stage two, let's say, and I'm answering the phone, and I'm doing payroll, and I'm going in the field sometimes, and I do all the bids, right? <laughs> so I'm working a lot. I'm in the fire. I'm in the fire. But I want to create an automated way that I do my job on the specifically the phone. 
so that I can bring in another person and replicate it. Okay, that's the goal. So when you want to take on something like that, and this goes for every area of your business, when you want to do it in the beginning, it takes more time, right? Brian talked in, in his presentation about uh, the massive growth he's had in his interview process is just unbelievable, so much better than mine ever was. Um, but what he did that I think is interesting is he, he did a video training series, right? That took Brian a ton of time to build, to make, right? To put that into place. So in the beginning, he could have just had a crappy hiring process and just, you know, trained someone by hand like he had always done and put him in the field and got the same result that he's always gotten. But instead, he decided to automate that part of his business. So the, the cost for automating something is a temporary uh, loss of time. Like it, it, you have to invest even more hours for a minute to, to, to frame out what you're doing or what needs to be done or to build that training program so that you can replicate it. Hopefully that makes sense. That makes sense. So don't be discouraged when you're starting to go through this process and, you know, it's hard and you're overworked. That's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, you're going to be overworked for a minute, for a season, right? I call it a season. I don't mean your whole season. I just mean for a time. It's not forever. And then don't overcomplicate things. Another mistake I see commonly is a really, really tiny business will have like a 32-point like marketing plan with like 15 different things. We don't need that yet. We don't need that. In fact, if you over-systemize a small company, you're wasting your time. There's only a few things you even need to automate in the beginning, uh, and we could do the Q&A at the end, and we'll talk about that. Okay, so delegation and accountability. So when you want to take something off your plate, off that list I had you write out in the beginning, which you can work on later. I'm sure you can't make a comprehensive list while I'm talking 100 miles an hour. On that list, we're, we're going to pick something. And you're not going to do it anymore, <laughs> right? We're going to take it off your plate, and we're going to put it on someone's plate, okay? Uh, here's a couple tips for that to be smooth, okay? Number one, it has to be very clearly organized as far as how you do what the thing is that needs to be done. But another big one that uh, maybe you hadn't thought about is get the staff, get the person that is being delegated to, get them involved in the process, Bring them in. I call it giving them a seat at the table. So you want them to take ownership of it, even if it's something really silly, like, you know, ordering toilet paper for the office, which is one of the examples I always use because we had, you know, like 30 employees coming in and out of the office and there'd be no toilet paper. It's such a dumb thing, but it's important. And even something that granular, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I don't need to do it. So we needed to identify it, build a simple system. Where do we buy it? How much do we spend? How much do we buy at a time? What day do we check the supply closet to see if we need a reorder? And then who's responsible for owning that task, right? Who do I delegate it to? So you, I, I wouldn't build the whole system myself. I'd sit down with, in, our, in this case, the operations liaison. This is one of their weird jobs, I think, is who did it or the office manager. But And we'd figure out, okay... Let's type out three sentences of how this can be handled so that this never, ever happens again. That's bringing them into the process. And then have them set their own expectations. Like, what do you think should happen if we do run out of toilet paper again? And what do you think should happen if for the whole year we never run out of toilet paper? Maybe there's an incentive on it, right? Just some ideas. Uh, if there's a slide that is the most important about everything I'm talking about today, it's probably this silly slide right here. Um, be a broken record. Be a broken record. Uh, people don't stick with uh, what they say they're going to do for long enough for it to stick. For it to stick. Uh, 
And you know, it's funny because I talk all passionate about how to do all this automation. My current businesses are messy. They're, it's messed up. Like my software company, it's really small still. It's starting to kind of scale, then it's not. And our model's weird. The pricing's weird. I, I'm, I am in the middle of all this all over again right now. Okay. So don't be discouraged if it's hard. It's, of course it's hard, right? But you want to be a broken record on the things that you do put into place, right? You want to, uh, you don't tell your wife you love her the day you get married and then never mention it again. And you don't tell the toilet paper guy, hey, Remember Wednesdays, the toilet paper, you don't say that once and then get mad at that person for not doing it, you know, 90 days later because it just kind of falls off. And what happens is you tell everybody, hey, we're going to ask for referrals on every job. We're going to target the five neighbors of all of our current customers after we do a job before we leave to go to the next job. You're going to tell them that and then they'll do it for like a minute and then they don't do it. Well, that's your fault. And it's your fault because you're not a broken record. This is an ongoing conversation. All of these things are relentlessly talked about, relentlessly revisited, relentlessly incentivized. It it has to become part of your culture. And eventually, depending on the system, it can take over a year. It can take a couple seasons sometimes. But eventually, it's just the way that we've always done it. That's it. You don't even remember when you didn't do five rounds every single time, forever and ever, for always and always, non-negotiable, right? Pretty cool stuff. And here's a few ways to automate things. So it, it, when we talk about automate, that's kind of like a general term. And so the word system is too, and people get confused by what it means. But it's any task, any reoccurring thing that happens in your business, which is why I made you make that list, all those things could be automated. And the, the start with the low-hanging fruit, start with the, the cheap dollar-per-hour ones. But here's some ways you can automate, right? Delegation. So you, you take what you, what you do now, you make a, a, a framework for how you do it, and then you take another human and you make them do it. <laughs> and you be a broken record. That's one thing. Another thing is software, right? So Responsibit or even Send Jim, shameless plug for Send Jim since I'm the owner of Send Jim, any of those software tools... Um, what they do is they're a time multiplier. It automates something that you would have to do manually. So let's say you, you don't have a CRM. And so you're handwriting down your customers' names and addresses. You're handwriting out a thank you card, sending it. You're handwriting out a letter six months later for an appointment reminder. That's all fine. But a better way would be to have a CRM where you can click a button, click, 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 and it does all that stuff, right? So that would be you automating that little part of the process. Another way is to outsource it. You don't have to have uh, your team do everything. For example, uh, with your taxes, right? If you're going to sit there and just muscle through your taxes for two weeks and stress yourself out and yell at your dog, or are you just going to hire a professional to do what professionals do, right? That's the question. That's the question we want to answer. And the fourth one is my favorite. Don't do it anymore. A lot of you guys are overcomplicated. You're doing things. There's things on that list right now that are not necessary to get your business to the next level. Okay, there's things that you're wasting time on that really aren't a problem yet. So one of the quotes I like is, if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. So if you're doing like some weird, like super detailed strategy on something and your business is only doing 100 grand a year, or 200 grand a year, we might not need that yet. We need more momentum. We need, we need some of the basic level stuff, like level one stuff. And you're over here wandering around with level four, five and six stuff. That doesn't matter yet. Besides, by the time you get there, you're going to realize so much more and you, you'll throw that whole system out. So 
ask yourself, is it actually necessary to do it in the first place? Um, after you create a system and you automate something, uh, you want to revisit your system. So Brian, with his hiring process, uh, I can assure you it won't be the last time ever that he touches it, looks at it, reviews it, asks hard questions, talks to his team about it. That's what I call optimizing or iterating or refining a system. Uh, maybe because he just put that in place this last year and it's working really well, maybe he runs a year with it. But at some point, your job as a CEO is to circle back, go through everything, tighten it up, simplify it. Don't make things complicated for the sake of being complicated. Um, and then for each task you automate, uh, a good general rule of thumb is to use the who, what, when, where, and why. Who is going to be responsible for this? What are we talking about? The toilet paper, the operations liaison, what, the toilet paper, when, every Tuesday, where do they get the stuff at Sam's Club, and why do we need it so the 30 employees aren't super pissed when they come back to the office at the end of the day, and they are embarrassed when they go to the bathroom, there's no toilet paper, right? <laughs> so, uh, and then lastly, and I'll wrap it up here, is how do you build a system? Well, you create a mind map. That's how I, I build, I do, I, in fact, let me show you. Uh, this wasn't part of my, my thing, but this slideshow was this mind map right here. Can you guys see this? Can you see this mind map? So, look, this is how I do. It's called a brain dump. I don't worry about having it perfect. I just drop all the stuff on the subject onto a mind map. Here's a mind map I'm working on for another product that's going to go in the boot camp this year. It's called the, the Ultimate Employee Toolkit, right? This is a massive thing to tackle. And I'm going to build all the documents, all the things, all the videos, training, everything. But this is the beginning. This is step one, right? It's a mind map. Okay. Next thing you want to do is to convert informalize, or I'm sorry, convert to plain text. I misspoke. Um, so convert to plain text. So a lot of mind map softwares can, will let you like export your weird webby mind map and it will just make it like a bullet pointed with sub point list of text. Just get it into Word or get it into uh, uh, Apple um, pages, whatever. That's step two. Step three is to polish and formalize. That just means you take it, you make sure it's spelled right, you add you know, more uh, body to it, you beef it up, you further explain the point. Uh, and then the fourth one is one no one does. <laughs> this is a hard one. It's a hard one, is you got to deploy and execute on it. That's not easy, right? That means you got to be a broken record. That, that's the hard part, guys. Uh, you got to teach it to your team. You got to execute. And if you've never done systems before, if you've never got serious before, you might get some friction from your employees. You might get some pushback, and, and, and you have a choice, right? It's very binary. When you say we're going to do five rounds, and your guy's like, well, wait a second, we, we never did that before, blah, blah, blah. You, you have a very binary go this way or go that way decision. You're either going to deploy and execute that, no questions asked, it's non-negotiable, um, period. And you're going to stand behind it and move forward, possibly have some temporary frustration, pains, and speed bumps, but you know it's worth it in the long run. You can go that route. Or you can back off. Or you can modify it for the squeaky wheel who's complaining, right? I don't recommend that option. But many people do that and go through that. And I, and I went through that. I, that's what happened to me. Um, and number five is to iterate and optimize. Like I mentioned about Brian, circle back. We did it in the winter. Uh, we'd circle back and go through the system and say, do we, do we even need to do this? Like, why is this a policy? Or is this form we make our employees fill out? Like, is there, why is there so many questions? How can we take out questions? How do we make things simpler? How do we make it more streamlined? And then sometimes there's things we never thought of, and we have to create a new system. So that's pretty much it. You can connect with me at automategrowcell.com. Um, I'm online. Most of you probably see me online. Um, 
That's it. I'll take some questions now. Thanks for hanging out, friends, and from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.